For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on by helping you across all the places where you write the most. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. Accelerate productivity for you and your teams. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. Applying to new jobs? With Grammarly by your side, you can apply to your dream job with confidence by tailoring your cover letter and revising your resume in seconds. A big presentation coming up? Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. For your next vacation, it can help you create a whole itinerary. Grammarly is here to assist you at every step of your writing so you can show up with confidence. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining into another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky, and I'm wearing my partner with the Holy Spirit t-shirt from my friend, Kathy DeGraw. So thank you so much. I want to encourage everybody to partner with the Holy Spirit. That is why Fireborn Ministries exists, to see people receive and walk in the supernatural power, love, and life transformation movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I want you to encounter the Holy Spirit, and that's why we provide free resources on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, on how to hear God and prophesy, and numerous other things. I want to remind you guys to subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky podcast. It's available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Charisma. I've got this thing on Rumble. Other places, subscribe and then share it with all your friends. Sharing is caring. And I want you guys to share this episode because I'm bringing back Kevin Deadman. We'd had an incredible conversation on this podcast before, and I wanted to hear more of the stories on the fire of the Holy Spirit and impartation that he has a story for. I want to read his bio real quick as he's rocking it for Jesus right now in California. He's been in the ministry for over 30 years. He's got a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies. He's got a Master of Arts in Church Leadership from Vanguard University. He teaches on kingdom theology. He's got a book called The Ultimate Treasure Hunt. That's an amazing book. He's got all kinds of curriculum even called Fire Starters. I know when I was a youth pastor, I led amazing kids, a bunch of you know, 10, 15 teenagers during the summer through Fire Starters curriculum. So he's got that on his website, kevindedman.com. But guys, please welcome Kevin Dedman back to Adventures in the Spirit. Kevin, welcome. Thank you for being back on the program, brother. It's great to be here. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. Uh, I've been watching you. I, I'm as I was talking to you backstage. You know, my family's moving in transition, going from place to place. You know, different places around the world. Currently in between stages, and so are you. So, what has God done, and where is He taking you since the last time we had a conversation? Well, the last time we spoke, I was in Redding, California, still at Bethel Church at that time, and. During COVID, we just, 
had this sense that what the world needs now is a revolution. And so I felt like I needed to go to one of the hardest spots that I can imagine. And so we decided that we were going to head back down to Orange County, where people say it's not a good place to go because of the housing market. It's hard to get a place to live. And the people are cold and not very hungry. And it's hard to really have any kind of church expression. But I figure, you know, if anywhere needs a revolution, it's it's in Southern California because it in fact it impacts so much of the world through the creative expressions that are born out of Southern California, number one, and the people who are here need an encounter with Jesus. And so we we moved down here, took yeah. some risk. I love it. That's exciting. A lot of things, a lot of things has been have been born out of California. The Jesus movement was born out of California. And Azusa Street. Azusa. Oh my gosh, Azusa Street. I love it. Exciting. And then you were a fruit or a byproduct uh, of the Jesus movement. Can we go into that story? How uh, what God did through that? Yeah, because that's part of the reason why we're coming back here. We. Uh, you know, we know we're coming back to the land of our anointing and we're recalled. The only reason why we left here in the first place is we felt like we really needed to get more tools. We needed to get more impartation, more information, education and activation. And so we went to Bethel Church and we were on staff there uh, up until, you know, for just years and until recently. And uh, we're still connected with Bethel Church, licensed through Bethel Church and so excited to to you know be carrying that inheritance with us down here but uh you know i got saved at calvary chapel costa mesa in 1975 at the height of the jesus movement at a saturday night concert in which lonnie frisbee was preaching but the preaching wasn't really the the draw to what was happening at calvary chapel at that time signs and wonders and miracles were the main draw as well as the relevant message given through creative expressions especially through music like Lonnie Frisbee was pretty much the first person to bring electric guitars bass and drums into the church sanctuary and Chuck Smith who was the pastor of the church at that time you know took a lot of flack for that but decided hey this is we need to have a relevant expression of Jesus to these hippies today if we're going to see a generation saved. And so, in a sense, they were relevant without being relative. In other words, they were trying to be culturally current without compromising the gospel. And and so, you know, when I went to the Saturday night concert, I was hearing music that I was listening the style of music that I was listening to on the radio. I, I was a drummer, still am, and playing in rock and roll bands and doing drugs and everything else. And when I went to this place, I saw people just like me, except for one difference. All of them were smiling, they were happy, and they were hugging each other. And I could not even comprehend this because I grew up in a lot of rejection, a lot of loneliness, feeling not enough all the time and really leery of people, distrustful of people. And so when I saw all these people hugging and laughing and smiling and they all had long hair, they were barefoot, just like I was, uh, except for I was actually on drugs when I went. And 
as soon as I saw this and then they told me, well, I said, well, how come they're so happy? Not everybody can be this happy. I said, well, we have Jesus. I'm like, what? It didn't even register to me. I always saw Christians as boring, gloomy kind of people, nerdy, if you will. And when I encountered people who were hungry for God, who were a lot like me and had been transformed, I couldn't resist and I gave my life to Jesus and everything changed from there. I'm a theologian to an extent, and I love church history. I love revival history. I think it's very important for us to document uh, moves of God. I think it's very important to see uh, the, the beginning stages of some of the movements across the body of Christ. You mentioned a person named Lonnie Frisbee, and you'd mentioned him before, which is why I wanted to bring you back, because you've got this supernatural story about that. Lonnie was pivotal in the beginning stages of a three or four different church movements in just a short span of time. Can you share your story? Uh, so I think I we're probably fast forwarding just a little bit, but can you share your story as to your connection and this impartation? Well, so like I said, I got saved at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa on a Saturday night at one of their Maranatha concerts. And, and Lonnie Frisbee was preaching the message of which I responded to. And, and in fact, it was really just as a, another little caveat here. Uh, he actually started to pray and I said, I was sitting there shaking. I was so nervous. And about two sentences into his prayer, he stopped and he said, Hey, you guys, you know, I've never done this before, but I really feel like there's one more person here out of 2000 people, right? One more person that needs to give their heart to Jesus tonight. And I just popped up and it was me. And as I just went up forward, I knew that there was just something special on my life. I knew that I wasn't just an ordinary person. And I'm not saying that all the other 200 people that were up there aren't, or, you know, they're not ordinary people either, but I think I needed something to know that God was specifically calling me. And, you know, God just gives us little grace gifts along the way to let us know that he has specifically chosen us. So from that time on, I always knew that I was called to go change the world with the message of Jesus. And so I uh, immediately went out and started doing signs and wonders and miracles as I read the Bible for the first time. I'd never read the scriptures prior to becoming a Christian. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I grew up basically knowing that there was a God, but I didn't know what he was all about or anything. And so I had never even read a book through high school. And so when I started reading the New Testament, I started just naively doing everything that Jesus did. And then when I started reading the book of Acts, I started naively doing all the things that the apostles did. And so I would drive around in my car and pick up hitchhikers in 1978, uh, 1975. And I would just go around and they would either get saved or they'd jump out of my car. Many of them got healed. I'd take a friend of mine out to the parks and we'd pray for people and they'd get healed and then they'd get saved. And that's just the way I lived my life from the very first because of that, really that impartation from the Jesus movement and Lonnie Frisbee specifically. So maybe before I talk about the impartation thing that I, that I got, maybe I could just talk a little bit about Lonnie's life. Uh, to yeah, give some fun. So Lonnie Frisbee was a hippie in the 60s. He was an artist. He was a musician. He, he was a dancer on American Bandstand. 
he led a crazy, crazy life. He was like the ultimate hippie freak. Drugs, sex, rock and roll, everything, just just debauchery in his lifestyle. And, and so when he had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus literally appeared to him and said, listen, Lonnie, I'm saving you because I want you to bring in the last harvest so that I can come back which is primarily a lot of the reason why there was so much emphasis at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa in the early days on eschatology, on the return of Christ, because of this passion that Lonnie had to get as many people saved as possible before the return of the Lord. And so Lonnie would go around preaching all the time, but he wouldn't just preach with words. He would literally prophesy over people and then get words of knowledge for people. And he would run into people who were limping and he would heal them somebody with a broken arm and he would heal them. My, my wife's aunt was healed of an inoperable brain tumor. It was terminal. And she went to Calvary Chapel in like 1974 and Lonnie prayed for her and she was completely healed. And so this is the kind of stuff Lonnie was walking in all of the time. And so the reason why Calvary Chapel really just emerged as such a worldwide movement was because of Lonnie Frisbee and his ability to bring an encounter of heaven to people in whatever they needed, whether it was a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, healing. And then he would share the good news about the hope that's in Jesus to people. I mean, Calvary Chapel was crazy wild in these days. I One of the early pastors there told me a story. And one time, in the middle of the service, an elder got up on the, the front pew. At that time, they, they uh, well, they had pews in the in the, this huge building. And he gets up and he goes, and sat down. And this guy comes running from the back. It's me. It's me. It's me. And he proceeds to tell everybody that he had, you know, he was a Christian when he was growing up, but at about 12 years old, he fell away from the Lord, got into drugs and everything else, had a business, a house, a wife and kids, but he was in living in adultery for a couple of years. And, and it all came out and he ended up losing his wife, his home, his business, lost everything. He was in a motel room and he went out to go get a, a, a fifth of a bottle of uh, whiskey and he was going to take all these pills and kill himself. And while there, he met somebody who said, dude, you don't look so good. Like you, you look like you're pretty depressed. And, and he said, you know, if you want to get out of that, there's a place called Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. And they meet at this time on Sundays. And, and uh, if you want to get some help, like just come here and everybody's welcome, you know? And so, he goes back to his motel room and he, this is a Saturday night and he says, okay, God, if you really do have a purpose for my life, I'm going to go to this Calvary Chapel place tomorrow morning. And if you really have a plan for my life, you're going to have to make somebody crow like a rooster three times like you did for Peter. Okay. So this dude ends up getting saved, radically saved. And a whole bunch of other people then get saved as well. And that's the way it was at Calvary Chapel in those early days. So when I first got saved, it was just like a normal, natural lifestyle. I'm just supposed to do what Jesus did and go about doing that. Right. So I went through, you know, a lot of years of ministry and, you know, went to Bible college, got my master's degree as well and started pastoring. And in about 19, well, I guess it was 1991, 
I ended up meeting Lonnie Frisbee and we became friends. And, and so he um, befriended my wife and I as well. He was an incredible artist. He gave, he gave us a, an art piece that he wow. had done. It was really Gothic looking and, you know, it just didn't go with any of our decor. So I kind of stuffed it away and it went through about three or four moves. And finally I just decided I'm never going to put this painting up in, in our house. And I threw it away because I had no, I had no value for like this guy giving me anything like an impartation, mm-hmm. you know, or some kind of a, an anointing gift or, uh, a mantle, you know, I just, you know, I would read about Elijah and Elisha in second Kings chapter two. Right. And I would just, Oh, well, that's just a nice story in the Bible. And, you know, a lot of people do that with healings. Oh, those are just nice stories in the Bible. Right. And I didn't really think that passing on a mantle or an inheritance or an impartation was even possible, even though the apostle Paul says to the Romans, right. He says, Hey, when I come to you, I'd like to impart to you some spiritual gift. And so, but I, I just, you know, I just, it just, whew. so I had no value for this painting and I threw it away. And so then, you know, this was in probably 1995 or something like that. Well, Lonnie Frisbee had, had died in, in 1993, I think it was 1993. Yeah. And I actually was with him two weeks before he died. Wow. We, my wife and I prayed for him. We prophesied over him. He was so right with God. And I know a lot of people have studied his life now. And, you know, there's there's a, a certain group that would like him to, you know, actually, well, they, they've tried to propagate his name for their own agenda and everything like that. But Lonnie was absolutely in love with Jesus. And he had such a sensitive heart to the Lord. And I can't wait to see him in heaven. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful person, had some weaknesses for sure. But I can tell you at the end of his life, he was so just in the presence of God and and so right with God. It was incredible. Fast forward, we go to Bethel Church in 2002 and Bill Johnson is teaching all of us about mantles and inheritances and impartations. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I was with a general of revival. Now to put this in a little more context, Lonnie Frizz. Okay. So Jesus started the healing revival movement, right? The apostle, you know, they carried it on, but in about 400 AD, the healing revival movement pretty much stopped. There was no sustained healing movement in the church from about 400 AD until about 18, well, 1851, when this lady named Dorothea Trudel, who was just a member of a church, you know, prayed over her employees who were dying of the Black Plague or whatever it was, some plague going around in Switzerland, and they all got miraculously healed. And that started this healing revival movement that, I'm a part of today, and anybody who's doing healing today is a part of that legacy. But Lonnie, but up until Lonnie Frisbee, all the healing revivalists of old, like Jack Coe, John G. Lake, all of those, you had to come to the church to get healed. You had to come to the tent meeting to get healed. And then you had to get saved before you could be healed because healing's in the atonement. And so to take advantage of the benefits of salvation, you had to get saved before you could be healed. So Lonnie Frisbee was the first person in modern day revival history 
and and within this modern day healing movement that started in about 1850 to actually take healing outside of the church and heal people who didn't know Christ, wow. who didn't believe in Christ, who were not saved. And so he would heal them and then they would, you know, they would, then they would want to know Jesus and he'd lead them to Christ. So the Jesus movement was really rooted in this whole idea of experiencing God's presence in the house and then taking them outside of the house and demonstrating the good news of the kingdom of God to those who don't know him as a sign and a wonder so that they would get saved. And so, of course, when he was part of the vineyard movement, you know, as well, when he came to John Wimber's church in Anaheim Hills on Mother's Day evening and just said, come Holy Spirit. And it was 1981 that the Holy Spirit came. And then all of a sudden there was this evangelistic outbreak as well in the vineyard and signs and wonders and miracles and everybody doing them. And I was actually on the National Evangelistic Board of the Vineyard in 1989 for about a year. And, and then it disbanded. But we were always trying to actually get that evangelistic element implemented into the vineyard. And it just didn't seem to take off very well. And hopefully it will in this season. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. So anyway, I'm at Bethel Church, you know, we're, we're, we're learning about impartations and everything like that. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I was with this general and I didn't even ask him to pray for me, let alone receive something from him. And so I started studying, researching him out. I didn't know that much about his history. And so uh, thanks to Google, I, I searched as much as I could. I thought, oh my gosh, he started in Novato, California, just north of San Francisco, across the Golden State, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. And I and then I realized, oh, I'm doing a conference in Novato with two other churches merging together. And when I get there, I'm going to find the house. They called it the House of Acts, also the big house. Awful. And it was in those days where all the hippies used to have communes, like the, the mamas and the papas had a commune out there. Uh, the Jefferson Airplane, the Almond Brothers, Grateful Dead, they all had communes out there and people just live out there, and hang out together. Well, Charlie Manson of the Manson family, he also had his commune out there. And actually, I found out later, he actually came to the big house a few times and, and got meals from them wow. and they ministered to him, but it obviously didn't take. Right. But so I'm said, I'm going to go find this house of acts, the big house, and I'm going to put my hands on the doorposts and I'm going to suck the anointing out. Now, I know people have like all these weird ideas about all this, but 
you know, it's it's not the putting your hands on the doorpost and making a sucking sound that does anything. It's it's just an act of faith. Hmm. It's just like pick up your mat and walk, or go show yourself to the priest, or you know, uh, it, it's it's not the it's not the uh, procedure that does anything. It's it's your heart that wants to receive something, and we know that impartations can be uh, and mantles can be. Uh, transferred, even when somebody's not alive. I mean, look at Elijah. He went up to heaven and Elisha got his mantle. And then Elisha dies and he's thrown into this pit and this dead guy's thrown and hits him and he comes to life. Now, wait a minute, Elisha's dead, but he still has healing in those bones, right? So, So I don't know how it all works. I just know that the hungry get fed in the kingdom and the thirsty get something to drink. And so all I know is I was passionately wanting to to not let Lonnie's history go to waste, but I wanted to take his legacy and add to it and take his strength, take like what the Apostle Paul said to the Romans, as I alluded to earlier, when I come to you, I want to impart to you some grace gift. And so I just wanted that I wanted that grace that was on his life to so freely take risk and 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 release the presence of God to see the power of God come to change people's lives. But I couldn't find the house. Nobody knew where it was. And so on Saturday morning, I'm lamenting to these two leadership teams who are coming together. And I'm like, I can't believe we can't find this house. And this lady jumps up on the side and she goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But I'm not even part of these leadership teams. God just told me to come here this morning, and I snuck in. But I was Lonnie's Lonnie Frisbee's art teacher in seventh and eighth grade in Costa Mesa. And then my husband and I moved up here to Nevada. And when Lonnie became a Christian in 1968, he came and lived with my husband and I for a while. Wow. And then they started this House of Acts just down the street from where I live. So I. I can take you where the house is, but more than that, in in 1993, when Lonnie Frisbee died, uh, right before he died, his nurse drove him from Costa Mesa, Southern California, 500 or 450 miles north to, to Novato, where I live. And when I opened the door, Lonnie put his finger in my face and he said, listen, Barbara, When you turn 70 years old, 13 years from now, there's going to be a man coming looking for my mantle. And when he comes, I want you to give it to him because Jesus wants to fulfill the the harvest mission that I was given that I wasn't able to fulfill. And so she tells me this and then she lays hands on. And well, I should say also that she this was in February. She had just turned. 70 years old the week prior. And so here I am wanting to find this house to suck the anointing out, right? So she ends up laying hands on me and I'm now on the ground electrocuted. I've never like I've never felt like this before. I'm I'm not a flopper. I don't like fall down. I I don't even do courtesy falls really. I mean like it's just not me. I, God can like I mean he just ministers to me standing up or walking or whatever right uh, so anyway i'm on the ground for probably 15 minutes meanwhile she tells everybody else i found out later that 
And Lonnie said this specifically, it's not just for you, Kevin. It's for everybody else who wants it. And this is my interpretation of that, that God's no longer, he's no longer just using one person to bring about his purposes on the earth. He's raising up an army of believers That's to right. do this. And so, so she, you know, lays hands on me. I'm on the ground. Then she lays hands on every other person there and then takes us over to the house. I put my hands on the doorpost. You know, there we don't even know who was living there at the time. Thankfully, there was nobody home on a Saturday. But uh, and then I, as soon as that was over, I had been starting this book called the the Ultimate Treasure Hunt. Right. And when I, just as a kind of some memoirs to for my grandkids and grand great grandchildren coming up to hear about my legacy of all that I've done witnessing and all that kind of stuff. And Chris Valentin, who was the senior associate pastor at that time, and still is at Bethel, he uh, just asked me in the hallway one day, hey, are you writing something? I said, well, just a few chapters on my legacy kind of. I want to see it on my desk next week. And so I gave it to him and he's like, oh, wow, I've got to introduce you to Destiny Image because this has to be written. You've got to, you've got to write a book on this. And it was the ultimate treasure hunt, this treasure hunt that I had come up with, the strategy of finding treasures and giving them a supernatural encounter uh, to, to know God through. And so that book then went viral. Awesome. And I know a lot of that has to do with the impartation that I received in that moment where I was looking, I was hungry, I was thirsty, and it, God already knew in advance, orchestrated the whole thing. And I can't tell you how it happened in terms of like what was infused. I mean, I was already doing all this stuff, but what I was didn't have was the favor of expanding the, the, the concepts and, and what God was doing through me. And at that point on, I just, you know, I've written now like, I don't know, seven or eight books, curriculums, traveled all over the world imparting to people, activating people in supernatural lifestyle. So I, I love that. Well, your book, I, The Ultimate Treasure Hunt, has impacted my life. Uh, Firestarters, I used that curriculum some years ago as a youth pastor every year for my interns. You know, I, I honestly live the treasure hunt lifestyle, you know, every day, every day. Um, oh. I know behind the scenes before we'd started, I'd kind of mention about the impartation and you know, like I've heard different teachings on that, but um, make a long story short, uh, when Billy Graham had passed away and he was lying in state at the Capitol Rotunda, the U.S. Capitol, my family went there and it was there while we're looking at his, his casket. You know, I looked up in the spirit. I saw his mantle falling down to earth. Now, I've gone back and forth over the years on mantles, like I, I mentioned I see it and summarizing it, the Holy Spirit said his mantle is no longer for just one man, but it's for an entire generation that hungers and thirsts for a righteousness. Yes. And uh, I wrote that article uh, and it went on Charisma Magazine online. It went all around the world. Um, but there are things that we can appropriate by the power of the Holy Spirit. Kevin, can you pray for an impartation? for those viewing and those listening in. Yes, but I need to say this before I do this. 
the mantle, the impartation, the you know, the gift that's passed on will never be realized until the mantle is put into practice. This way. It's got to be activated. Like you're not going to just automatically have more boldness to take risk. You're not going to just automatically have people come to you and ask you to pray for them for healing. It's going to require a lot of risk to release the mantle. Right. And, and so, yeah, I'm going to pray and this prayer is going to be powerful and effective. That's right. But we have to partner with that and take Amen. risk to release it. Just like Elisha did. He struck the river with it. And that's when the river parted and all the miracles and signs and wonders took place in his ministry as well. So, so father, thank you for what you've given me freely. And I thank you, father, that you could take somebody like me and use me just like you used Lonnie and anybody out there right now who's hungry and thirsty. I release this mantle, this impartation, this gift in the spirit that's available to go to the next levels of supernatural breakthrough and harvest. And so I release it to you now and say, just take it, just receive it, knowing that God's not limited by time or space, and he can just drop it on you right now. Woo! So just take it. In fact, just like Jesus, who breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So now, even through my camera, I'm just going to breathe right now and say, receive this impartation. Whoa. And you remember what Jesus said after this impartation in Acts chapter 20, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. And so right now, I just release you into your destiny as world changers, history makers, ambassadors of Christ, as though God was making his appeal through you with the confidence to know that he's not only with you, but he's working through you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Wow. As you were praying, as you began the prayer, I saw like a, it's like the sword of the spirit just cut down. And then like I could look beyond and see this fire, this fire on an altar. And then I really honestly uh, felt it just right on my head just right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. So, so here's the purpose of that fire, right? Like it's not just for us, but it's for others. Like whatever God does in us, he wants to do through us. And there's no other time than right now that we need a revivalution. We need a great awakening that leads to a great harvest because our world needs some transformation right now. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there are lots of lonely, depressed, hopeless people in the world right now. And our world events are, I mean, I, who knows what ultimately is happening right now. But I can tell you this, right now, the state of affairs in the world is pretty dismal looking. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And this is our moment to shine. This is our moment to impact people's lives. And I guarantee you that from this moment on, as you're taking risks, to reach out to the people around you as each one reaches one, I believe we're going to see a revolution like we've never seen before. And this is why Teresa and I, my wife and I have taken risk right now to leave everything at Bethel church and in Redding, California, invest in orange County to start a church here because we feel like God wants 
to us to go to the darkest places, the places where we would think, oh, God couldn't move there. And to see a wildfire start that is out of control and that no man can put out. We're I love gone. it. Hey, if anybody listening into this, watching this, viewing this, if you feel called to go to California Come on. Uh, with Kevin, uh, go for it, man. Like reach out to him. Kevin, uh, I'm going to put your website on up here on the stream real quick. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information, uh, your resources? Kevin at and, uh, yes, sir. Kevin at KevinDudman.com or OCFireChurch.com. Awesome. OCFireChurch. And you've got OCFireChurch.com. Email Kevin at KevinDedman.com. Go to his website, KevinDedman.com. That website is right there on the screen. Kevin, uh, this is awesome. Love it. Yeah. I love what God's doing through you. Very inspiring. Um, if you can, uh, I'm going to close this real quick. If you could just wait. For a little bit, we'll just uh, stay in the, the backstage real quick, just debrief. Uh, thank you so very much for being part of this. Um, so everybody reach out to Kevin, kevintedman.com. Email him, kevin at kevindedman.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky yeah. on any podcast platform, your favorite pod podcast platform. It's not just information, but it's impartation, it's revelation, and it's activation in Jesus' name. Kevin, it was an honor to have you on. Thanks, Jared. So much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free.